Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. You're starting it off different Ladies. this time, are you? <laughs> You're feeling and the beat that time. Everybody, everybody who's welcome on this podcast, welcome to another exciting episode of Cinemates, your go-to podcast for all things cinema yeah. and television. I'm your host, Mike Jose Collins. Still changing it up every time. me is... I'm Jake Schultz. How's it going, everyone? How's it going on today's episode? We have an action-packed lineup. Yes, we will be discussing the finale of Young Sheldon. And sorry? Oh, uh, sorry. New <laughs> season of Jimmy Fallon started. Let's go. Oh, not with the strike that's going on right now. I think you, yeah, I, I think you're on the oh, wrong sorry. year right now. Uh-oh, sorry. This is from 20, 2017. Ah, okay, yes. No, on today's tracks. episode. Uh, of our action-packed lineup, we'll be discussing Mission Impossible, Dead uh, Reckoning yeah. Part 1, so get ready for some heart-pounding action, and, but that's not all. We're going to talk about the Insidious movie, the new one, The Red Door. That door so, was red. Uh, brace yourselves for some spine-chilling cinematic experience. And in addition to our movie discussions, we'll be addressing the current events shaking the entertainment industry. We'll delve into the SAG After Strike. And then, of course, we're going to dive into the Emmy nominations that came out. Yeah. So grab your popcorn, because Cinemates starts now. Yeah. How's it going? You doing all right today? It's really hot. It is hot. I am sweating. This is the first of our double feature that we've been trying out to experiment throughout the week. So the Monday, Friday. And we figured that with Mission Impossible coming out on a Wednesday, which... What a weird date for it to happen. Makes sense. They want to try to make as much money as they can. That's fair, yeah. Off of Oppenheimer and Barbie, the Oppen Barbenheimer. Week. Coming next week, it's coming real fast. The hype is... Uh... Do you like Barbenheimer or Oppenby? <laughs> what was that second one? Oppenby? Barbie? Opperby? You should try to get that Op- second one going. Opperby. Oppen... Bar- Oppen- Oppenheimer? No. Oppen... Mattel's Oppenheimer. Barbenheimer. That's it. Why, why are we messing? It's like the easiest thing to say. Barbenheimer is a great sounding phrase. And the post, I think the posters are like my favorite thing that I see. They're really funny. Everyone making these posters because it's all serious. And then it's just Barbie just smiling as like hard as she can. Anyways, we're getting off chalk. That's going to be all next week. So of if course. you like Barbenheimer, if you like Christopher Nolan, if you like Greta Gerwig, Margot Robbie, Stay tuned for next week. That's going to be a massive, massive two episodes because we're going to dedicate, I think, a preview. We're going to do a little bit of a preview in our Monday episode, but Friday we're also going to do our full-on reviews of everything because hopefully we'll have seen them by then. And, yeah, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. So we both have seen this. Yes, um, saw it this morning. Yes, in anticipation of this. We haven't done an actual review yet of a movie. We've only really done bad TV shows. <laughs> so... I, the way I'm thinking is we'll just have our general thoughts and discussion, and then we'll get into spoilers. So we'll do a little bit of non-spoilers to start, uh, just kind of give our overall thoughts of the movie before we head into spoiler talk. Sound good? Sounds good. So Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, just a little bit of context for the movie. sees Ethan Hunt once again back in the action, though this time he is trying to take on a powerful rogue AI known as the Entity. He and his group, the M- I- IMF, have been excommunicado once again, which happens in every single Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> and they must fight, fight and battle multiple countries, all looking for the power to control this entity, all within a key. So that is what this episode in this movie is revolved around, is a key. And once you have these two separate keys, you can combine them together, and that will unlock the spot like to get into the entity. That is how the movie 
yeah. is framed around. And I know a lot of people are, especially this year, this has been a very heavy year for part ones of part yeah. two, or yep. in Fast and Furious's case, three parts, apparently. <laughs> and I think out of the three, even though I lo- like Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse is like one of my favorite movie of the year so far, I think this handles the whole part one done right because it tells you straight off the bat this is a part one like it tells you within the first eight minutes when the credits roll you're not leaving any anticipation like you you know you're like okay so it sets your expectations immediately knowing that there's not going to be stuff that's going to be resolved however it has a very satisfying arc in general because what i find that these best movies do is that they have their own arcs within a movie that build towards the next part but doesn't leave you feeling dissatisfied yeah, And to an extent, I felt a little dissatisfied with Spider-Verse because I was like, oh my god, we're going to have to wait. But it did have that story arc of Miles. This one very much so had a complete story arc, I felt like. And like every other Mission Impossible movie, there is just so much going on with it. And I do not believe, at least in my eyes, that it topped Fallout. Like, Fallout is one of my favorite action movies. Just the way it was shot, all of it, everything. I really loved that. I still really like this movie. A lot. And I came out really satisfied, but I had a slight bit of disappointment. And I don't know whether that's just because I built myself with so much anticipation with Fallout and seeing how these movies have progressively gotten better and better and better and better. And then this felt like not a step down because I feel like that would be a disservice to this movie because what Christopher McQuarrie has done with this franchise is just continuously take it to another level. But at some point, like I still kind of felt a little like, ah, okay. Like it, it was done, and I was like, that's cool. And I, I've seen it since Monday, and it hasn't really stuck with me like a bunch of other Mission Impossible movies have stuck with me, especially the action sequences. They're really cool. They're really fun, but it never feels like it levels up itself. That being said, it's a part one, and I know that with everything that they've laid, the foundation, the stones, is going to probably culminate very effectively in part two. Otherwise... I really liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. He's at still the peak of his career right now. I think that he's always a joy to watch in these movies. The rest of the cast is great. I love Simon Pegg so much. Vin Rames has always been a really a standout in these movies, and I'm so happy he's like the one consistent character outside of Ethan that's been in this franchise the entire time. Haley Atwell, brand new introduce, introduced character. I love Haley Atwell. I've loved her since she debuted in Black Mirror, since she like started to get up. And she has never really had that sticking out scene, that sticking out movie outside of Peggy Carter that has like put her in the limelight. I feel like this is going to be that movie. I was blown away by her. I thought she was great. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah. Um, it was good. It yeah. was really good. I think your comparison to Fallout, I don't know if that's really fair because Fallout might be one of the best action movies ever made. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I feel like I'm, like, unfairly yeah. comparing them. But when it comes out directly after Fallout... Yeah, I think that's that's its biggest issue. I think it's definitely, like, a top three Mission Impossible movie. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah. And then that's it might seem a bit more negative, but I'm just comparing it to the greatness of Fallout. Fallout was just, like, another level of cinema. Right. Like, it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, this, you're right, though. The, the action almost... I, like I wanted more. I yeah. wanted to be more entertained. I hate long movies. This movie's almost three hours. It is really long. Um, but I, I almost was fine with it. Um, I think it's an hour too long. But the fact that the last hour of the movie is probably the best part of the movie, it kind of 
it was good. Everything me. on the train is the the train was incredible. Right. This whole basically the whole movie sort of leads up to this that this you have to be on this train, and uh, it it really hit with its climax. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. You're right. It. It wasn't left unsatisfied with the fact that it was a part one. It's a complete story. It's a complete it story. Literally, like, like it, if they got rid of just the, those little parts that you know it's a part one, it could stand on its own as a, a really solid movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, I find with the girls in these movies, though, is I want you're right. I want her to be like a standout character, but they're so forgettable in like every Mission Impossible movie. I I see where I, like in the Bond movies, they're like basically unforgettable. I love Rebecca Ferguson. I love her as Elsa Faust. I I think she's my favorite out of every like all the female characters in the in the Mission Impossible franchise. I I like her a lot. I feel like she got shafted a little bit in this movie, and it feels like they found the new toy in Haley Atwell because her chemistry yeah. with Tom Cruise is is great. Yeah, like there's no denying that they have fantastic chemistry, and we'll get into a little bit more of the spoilers in a little bit, but. I, 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 I can see that, but I, I think she was great. I, I think she's a really good introduction to this universe, yeah. and I think she was a good breath of fresh air. And she was a fun counterpart because we don't really normally see someone like to the twisty level that her character was. And she did have really good chemistry, so I was fine was with good. it in that point. I do find that these movies like keep setting up that they're going to switch to get to a new character or something like I think it was Ghost Protocol where they basically set up that. Well, Jeremy when they brought Renner Jeremy Renner, how many times has Jeremy Renner been brought in and thought that they were going to be a replacement for something? They Just did does that not happen with the Bourne franchise. That didn't happen. No, uh, I found though, though Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. The like him, it's really hard. Okay, I, we talked about this on the last episode where when you go into a comedy movie, you sort of have to accept the movie that you're about to see with Mission Impossible movies, and I think especially with Tom Cruise movies. He, it's just really unbelievable that he would be for the greater good of anybody because he's such a bad person that it's really hard to buy. And the fact that, like, the marketing around this movie, they were, like, paying TikTok people to talk about how great he was, it it just never felt realistic for me. Uh, it's probably not his greatest Ethan Hunt arc that I've found. Uh, but I, I think when you go to see these movies now, you sort of have to accept that, yeah, that's that's just him. Yeah, you're I've gonna done, have to do that. I've done that a while ago. Yeah, it's I, just it's hard. Yeah, I feel bad giving this guy money. He's not the worst in Hollywood. There's a lot worse than Tom Cruise. He's pretty bad. He's like <laughs> the prince of a. Okay, we won't we won't go that. Yeah, <laughs> we won't go that far. But, but uh, I'm not a fan of of him. Yeah. as a person. But yeah, you, he's just so magnetic. He's so dedicated to saving cinema. Yeah, and I I commend him for everything like that because he, this guy, him and Christopher Nolan are the most stuck up, like. Their feet are in the sand. They're like, no, everything needs to be yeah. cinema, and they are so dedicated to preserving theatrical it's market. Incredible, and I, I love a, it. I, this movie felt like if your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to save the summer. Yeah, and it felt like he's well. He it's the second year in a row. Tom Cruise has been called up to come save the summer, and yeah. hopefully, he's sparking the box office again. This movie was made in 2020. Yep, and you could tell a lot because of how t- much they talked about cryptocurrency. <laughs> uh, that does not sell in 2023 no it does not work for me uh the ai thing was cool it's very i like that it sort of moved on and that sort of worked but the the bitcoin stuff was uh not really working for me yeah what did you think about the entity as a whole it's a cool concept yeah i think that i think it kind of sucks because this movie's really good but i know that the next movie everything is going to be even better Mm. so it's like i like the idea next movie we'll get it yeah I, i liked it I think I that it's it's really very like prevalent it. to society right now. 
And the idea of like, even 20 years ago, could you imagine making a movie about this? Like this cheesy, you'd be like, oh, that's so cheesy. Like this AI, is, this rogue AI is going to come in. Everyone's going to want the power. But it's it's very prevalent now. Like it's very, this is something that could possibly happen. Like yeah. it's not on the it realm of feel, possibility. It, it feels ahead of its time. Especially with a lot of the question marks around AI as it is right now. It I did. thought it was really. I thought it, it was handled well. I did have a little bit of issues with some of the dialogue and exposition. I think yeah. it was a little bit too it felt convoluted like, at points. Yes, and it felt like sort of old people talking about technology. Mm. Like you know when you watch a, an older movie and they're like, the motherboard feels like the <laughs> database is going to explode. Like that's sort of what I got from a lot of the dialogue. It just felt convoluted. Like at points, I was like, am I understanding yeah, this properly? I, d- I don't think there was. Which, an actual point to a lot of what they were talking about. Mission Impossible about. is not known for the stories, right? Like, it is, but they're not the, like... It's stunts. Right. It's sick stunts. Which, first of all... And a cool guy Let's cool Let's get stunts. this out of the way. Academy, like, we've seen enough now. This is time to put stunts into the Oscars. I'm tired of it. Like, this Ooh, needs... that's a great... This needs to happen. I like that. If this doesn't happen with this movie and John Wick coming out this year, two great stunt choreographed movies... It's getting ridiculous at this point. This is another one. Really good. The scene in Venice where they're going around in the car, so much fun. Yeah. So and the fact that did you see did they show a preview of the movie beforehand? Did they give you like a sneak peek of that? So when I went on Monday, it was the um the advanced screening, which side note, Tom Cruise, for you to show up in Toronto the day after <laughs> my advanced screening to come to a regular screening is so rude of you. All right? I paid more money to go to that advanced screening, and those civilians get to see the savior <laughs> of cinema. Oh, so upset about that. I think you should be punished for paying more money to see a movie two days earlier. <laughs> you know what? I got a cool poster out of it and okay, a cool pin. You, go. so you got a cool poster. I did. It is a nice poster. Post your poster. Put, put it on Twitter. I want to see it. I will post my poster. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, no. So before that, they Stunts. showed they showed like an eight-minute um, clip that you would normally see on like a, on like a bonus features on like a Blu-ray or something like that. They showed everything in Venice was all in camera. It's all them literally driving. They built that car specifically to act that way that it did. So it was like really, really goofy and like really like they called it Trixie. That was the name of the car because it was just so unpredictable when they were driving it. And they're actually handcuffed when they were driving around, which makes me love that scene even more. That's sick. It's really fun. It's a really fun scene. Nice. Yeah. I like that take. I think you're right. I think studs should be. They should. I don't know how they haven't. At this point, it's such an un like it's such a missed opportunity because there's so much work that these stunt people put into. You these feel movies. like with ha- how many categories there even are in the Oscars that they might have stunts. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that that's the one that's missing out. And it's it's time. Yeah. It's time to give them the credit and the respect that they deserve. I'm all for that. One other thing I want to get into before we get into spoiler territory is the villain. Yes. So his name is Gabriel, played by Asai Morales. What I thought during the movie was like, is this a guy from the first movie? Because that's what I had like kind of clued in my head. So I was like, is this a villain from the first movie? And then I, I realized the first one in a very long time. I realized he wasn't when I looked up after. It was just a brand new villain they introduced. He is the most generic, yeah. mustache twirling. <laughs> you don't really understand what he's doing, why he's there, and they try to give you some context to make their relationship believable. Yeah, I didn't buy it. There's certain things, steps that they tried to make it a bit better, but yeah, especially his relationship to the entity was not really covered at all. They kind of just had a couple throwaway lines of be like, "Oh, 
He just really wants to see blah, 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 the world burn, this, that. And then they have one scene of him with a mask on that's directly speaking to the entity, but they don't acknowledge that. And it's not brought up ever again. It's just that one shot of it. So that it's a blink and you miss it shot of him wearing the entity on his face. And I hope they explore that more in the that's second. Interesting. Because that that left me a little bit dissatisfied. Him in general. I, I yeah. think he was the weakest part of the movie, especially come out Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill in Fallout was really Incredible. fun. He was such a good villain. I mean, just the, the punch reload. Oh, was like, that an, an that trailer scene. is stuck in my head. The ch- ch- that was wild. Uh, yeah, he was. But I find with Mission Impossible, it's like this one especially leaned into how ridiculous almost Mission Impossible is and that uh, it's it's a Mission Impossible movie. It's not a James Bond movie where the the villain has to be so thought out and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it, you're right. It was disappointing, especially coming from Fallout. Yeah. But all in all, I really liked it. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I absolutely. like Mission Impossible movies, and this one, it's it's up there. Want to go into spoilers? Sure. There's a bit to talk about. I think it'll be relatively more of the same. I think we can talk about... I Let's talk about Rebecca Ferguson first, because they do a weird fake death at the beginning of the movie which is so obviously her not dying which like you kind of got but it was to play more towards the 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 trickery of everything that was happening with the masks side note the mask <laughs> development has gotten so ridiculous how are they able to make these pristine it's, it's it is hilarious i love how they like bu- like roll into that it's so funny but it is it's it's so goofy it is yeah. the goofiest thing in this entire franchise, and I love it, but it's destroyed now. It doesn't work anymore. Oh no! Did you miss that part? No, you, I I missed that completely. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, they were making the masks before they went on the train. Okay, they're making Palm Palm Klemtoff's mask, and or not Palm Klemtoff's. It was uh, Vanessa Kirby. They're making her mask to put on Haley Atwell. Grace is her name, and the other mask uh, destroyed. So they're just like, oh, we can't replace this. It's a uh, one of it's it's a done. I'm sure they'll find some way to get it back mm, again. But that's funny. At the beginning of the the movie, when Tom Cruise just pulled off the mask, because my favorite part about this is that their voice changes. <laughs> it, is, it is funny, but then sometimes they they don't talk because they're like, "Oh, how should I speak?" It's yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, Rebecca Ferguson. So, like I mentioned, she's what she was my favorite out of all of the Mission Impossible women characters. And they do this weird beginning thing where they're like, oh, she's dead. And then you find out that they just did that to make her go off because she had a bounty on her head. And then she shows up again later in the movie, doesn't really say a lot, isn't really doing much. She's just kind of there. And then they get to the point at the nightclub party scene where they're all there and Gabriel's talking about the entity and how it's been written in stone. Because that was another thing is that the entity knows the future. Um, supposedly as as an AI does so it was like prepared for everything it's like you're going to lose someone tonight and you have to choose is it going to be Grace or is it going to be Ilsa and he doesn't make that choice but later in the movie when the AI hacks the voice communication and gets Ilsa to go save Grace and have a fight with Gabriel side note I've seen side note a lot but it's just so funny the the sword that she just pulls out against a knife and she lost. <laughs> she lost. And she's killed. And I didn't... I'm so upset they killed her off. It seemed but, like they were going to say goodbye. I, but, like, she's she was so good. 
And yeah. I feel like she had time to still be like she's only been in three movies, and this one she was barely in. And I was just sad. And I get why they did it because they had to have that to reestablish why Gabriel like to get Ethan so mad and to build up this whole like thing of like oh Ethan like you need to do what's for good like don't kill him he we need him because he's the only one where that knows where the entity actually is which is in a submarine at the bottom of some ocean and I just I I'm a little annoyed by her death a yeah. little a little bit I don't think it's like a bad thing just the fact that she didn't do much and Ethan was so fast to move on from it was a little weird yeah. to me I think they did need to add stakes, though, at that point. And that's fine. I'm all about adding stakes. It just feels like they tossed her aside for the new toy in Haley Atwell. Yeah. And it is not set as a relationship for now between Haley Atwell and Ethan Hunt, between Grace and Ethan. It probably will towards the end of the second movie. Most likely. But I'm a little upset. I'm pouring one out for my girl, Rebecca Ferguson. R.I.P. I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad about that one. Yeah. You're not as sad about it as I, I No, I, 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 I don't know. I'm well, not as invested, I guess. I love these movies. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been invested in the characters. You don't like Simon Pegg's character? He's funny. I liked when they brought him into these the franchise. Yeah, Benji's my favorite character, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's just the funny one, though. Like, He's just Simon Pegg. Yeah. But he's got some good scenes. He had a good scene in this one with the trying to disarm the bomb while Ethan's yeah. walking around the airport, and they're not trying to tell him. Actually, I really like that scene. I thought Tom Cruise was funnier. Than him in this movie though the movie was weirdly funnier than i remember yeah, it was like a goofy that's why i think i think it just thought about all the other mission impossible movies and kind of leaned into the goofy side of them all yeah but still kept like really really fun action it's weird because coming out of this movie i was kind of like i don't know what scene stuck out to me the most but then looking back so much actually did happen like there are so many different scenes of fighting like the airport, there's so much happening in that. That was like a 25... There was a lot. A 25-minute airport scene <laughs> that just kept going. And it was really fun to watch, especially when they were playing with the AI stuff. There is the scenes of fighting in the hallway, the dark one where they tried the hand-at-hand combat. That one was, I think, was my weak, like my least favorite. I think that one was the weakest. What did you think of Palm Klemtov, her introduction into this franchise? Because at the end of the movie, it's the girl who is working with... Oh, she's cool. Yeah. She doesn't do much. No. But she's not dead. So they made a point of she betrayed they thought that they thought that she was gonna betray him, Gabriel. So he killed her. Supposedly. And then she helped Ethan survive at the end and told them where the where the what's the thing called? I'm really bad at words right now. <laughs> I have no idea what you're Where the AI me. is at the bottom of the ocean and then she like dies and then someone comes over and she's like, Oh no, she still has a heartbeat. So everyone's like, oh, okay, so she's gonna be back in oh, the movie. Course. Vanessa Kirby's really good in this movie too. Yeah. I don't know. The cast was fine. The cast is always good in these movies. Yeah. Nobody really stuck I mean, it's just Tom Cruise, like a, it's a Tom Cruise movie. Okay. So the train sequence. Wicked. So cool. I loved it. I'm a little upset they showed a lot of it in the trailers. Okay, I was going to say that. If that's like your biggest stunt, show us less of it. Because they emphasized so much on the jumping onto the train with yeah. the parachutes. and I loved how he came into the train, by the way. That, yeah, was, that was awesome. It was really funny. Both and, uh, the parachute gags. Yeah. Pretty good. The gags are good. They were really that's good. That's what I mean. Normally, Hollywood doesn't get this humor stuff right when it comes to mixing with action. It, I think they handled it really well. I think they did. Um, 
the the train sequence with the destruction of the train and them hopping between cart to cart to cart was really good, really enthralling. Very fun. I did notice there was a lot more CGI in this movie than I remembered from Mission Impossible movies of recent. Mm. And it did stick out a little bit and pairing that with the way the movie was shot because the last couple Mission Impossible movies have been shot on film versus digital. This movie was digital. And it kind of shows. The movie's kind of ugly. It has this gray tint to it the entire time. And I know that this was shot, like you mentioned, during 2020, during COVID. So it was probably a cost-saving measure or just cheaper alternative. I didn't like the way that that was done. I wish that it looked nicer because that was... I Like, the shots of Fallout are stuck in my head because they were so gorgeous when they happened, too. That's also another thing. There's no IMAX scenes in this movie. I saw this in IMAX. Normally when it's IMAX, it goes whoop, and it makes the all the re- aspect Everything ratios yep. grow. Not a single one huh. in this one, which I was a little disappointed by because Fallout had a lot of them. So those are two things that kind of stuck out. I don't know. I, I technically don't hold them fully against the movie, but... No knock in my book for that. Right. Like, if you don't see it in IMAX, you're, more you're not going to know. And I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd, stuff. right? Yeah. So probably casual people are like, I don't know. Why would I care about that? But it's the same thing. Like, Dune is entirely shot in IMAX. It's Dune 2, that is. So I will. I would notice if it wasn't shot in IMAX. And I noticed here. And I was a little disappointed with that. But, Dune 2, more spice. Yeah. Other than that, I think the movie's good. The key aspect was fun. It was kind of a MacGuffin. Yeah. It was a MacGuffin, but... It was a fun fetch quest, especially with the, oh, the two might not work with each other because Uh-oh. one's a fake, one's not a fake. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with the movie. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at all of the Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. Where do you rank them? Rank it. Rank it. Where do you rank it? So I'm not, I haven't seen one and two, actually. What? No. Oh. <laughs> So I, I can't even speak on those. I think I have seen parts of two because I know what you're talking Like, I've seen some Terrible of the action movie. scenes. Yeah. I've seen three and up. Three's not good. And we talked about this in the last yeah, pod. I know. I'm just saying. Three, three, they changed it a bit from two, but still not a very good movie. Nah, I disagree. I think it's probably, I love Ghost Protocol a lot more than a lot of people do, so that's probably my number two. I think this is probably three. I'm not as high on Rogue Nation as a lot of other people are. I completely agree with you. you have I that? love Ghost Protocol. Yeah, it's really good. It's so fun. Yeah. And it it was like the movie that brought basically the franchise sort of back. It was incredible. Brad Bird revived the franchise. I loved it. You don't need to watch the first three, to be honest. No, you don't. They're not very good. I never watched first three. First one's fine. I never watched three when I started with four. Four is when I started this franchise. And you could start it there. Yeah. Doesn't it really doesn't matter now? I don't think you can as much. I don't think you can. You could, you could, but, but it would feel a little bit more like you're missing out some stuff. Eh. The backstory thing. I don't think the backstory thing was handled well, though, because even I was confused I think by that. Sort of trying to make it relevant. I don't know. Yeah. I when did that movie come out? Ninety six. The first one. Yeah, ninety six or ninety seven. So he's ago. he's been going at Ethan Hunt for like twenty five years. Good for him. And I don't want these films to end. They're not going to. They've, apparently, this part one and part two were supposed to be like the end of Ethan Hunt, and then I feel like that's always they said no. These movies. Yeah, Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie said no. They're going to keep going. Good for them. So I'm fine with it. I love Christopher McQuarrie too. I think he's a really good director. 
Yeah. Him, the pairing of Tom Cruise and McQuarrie, like the producing that they've been doing together has been really effective, really fun. And as long as Tom Cruise keeps making these crazy movies where he's doing the stunts, like the space movie is apparently going to be starting filming eventually. Well, well I don't know anymore with the, the strikes and everything like that. But yeah, he's going to be literally in space shooting scenes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Save Hollywood, Mr. Cruise. He's the only one. Well, he's one of the only ones that's dedicated to it. And I love him for it. Yeah. Go crazy, man. What would you rate the movie out of 10? Out of 10? Or out of 5? Either or. Out of 5, three, three and a half stars. Three and a half? Yeah. It's fun. It's good. I'm never going to recommend it to anybody. It's just a movie. I would never recommend this if you're at your home. Oh, I would say watch it at home. No, the, the whole point is this is a theatrical movie. Yeah. I don't I don't know. You literally just said that you want it to help yes, save. Go, go watch it in theaters if you can, <laughs> but I, I'm not going to recommend, like, no, these as are, a as a piece of art, I don't care for this. These are the it's only, the, these are one of the only movies I would recommend to watch at home, or at, in, in theaters. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's something about know. being in the dark, with a big screener, with big ass sound, with a movie that's made for the screen. Like, are you gonna watch Top Gun Maverick at home? No. Probably, yeah. I haven't seen it. <laughs> you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick? No. Save the save the movies, Tom Cruise. Where were you last year when it was blowing up? I it, it's really hard to give this guy money, man. I we'll try not to get political, but it's tough. Top Gun was so good. Apparently, yeah. Go crazy, Top Gun. Come on, man. <laughs> How am I supposed to take you serious like that? Go crazy, Top Gun. <sighs> Go watch the movie in theaters. Well, what do you give it? I five? give it a four. Four to five. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a really fun a very movie. Very fun movie. It's in my top ten for the year. Oh, who did it beat out? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I have it at my seven spot right now. Wow. Yeah. You had a pretty good list. Yeah, it's been a good year for movies. It's been a really good year for sequel movies. Heck yeah. But I was also expecting this to be a top three movie at the same time, with how much expectation. Might be a top happened. three theatrical movie, like blockbuster of the year this year. Yeah, yeah. It, is. it is. Soon until Oppenheimer comes out, which will probably be. I think it'll probably beat Fallout for Money Made. Yeah, that's another thing. It, it coming out on a Wednesday is a little weird, but I get it because they're it trying really to get a bit had more to legs. The Barbie, the yeah, right now it's sitting at $65 million at the box office off a $290 million budget. So it, it'll it'll pass, I think. Yeah. Fallout's the highest grossing one of the franchise, right, I believe? No clue. It should be Fallout, but coming off the coattails of Maverick. Yeah. It's going to gross. It's going to have legs. It'll hold nice and healthy as an alternative to Barbie. Maybe not Oppenheimer, because I'm really curious about how Oppenheimer is actually going to do. What are you looking at? Nothing. I'm, all, you, I'm always nervous. What are you seeing? I know. It's going. I can see, I can <laughs> okay, see the little okay, bars okay. here. Okay. Uh, I, I'm really curious to see how this is going to hold up against Barbie. Oppenheimer, I think, is... I don't, I don't want to give my full thoughts because I, I wanted to save this for Monday, but I'm worried about Oppenheimer at the box office. It'll sell to the nerds. Yeah. The film people will go see it. It'll yeah. be successful. But this is a good, a very good summer blockbuster movie. We needed it after a really disappointing summer blockbuster season. Blockbuster season. I'm talking a lot, all right? My <laughs> mouth is getting a little, a little dry. You can probably hear it. It's a good movie. Go yeah. see it. Regardless of what Mike says, go see it in theaters. You're weird. Yeah, you I mean, don't. like, go support the theater and go support blockbuster movies. But, like, if this movie came out when we weren't trying to get people to do that, I don't know. It's a movie. If you want to have fun, go see it. But 
it's not like oh you need to see this movie this summer. It does sit as the highest critical acclaimed of the franchise. I it, think I think people are desperate for a nice blockbuster again, so I I, I wouldn't put it there. I would put it three. I think it's got an average. It's really of, fun. It's got an average of eight out of ten. So yeah. exactly with what I rated it four out of four out of five. Eight out of ten. Great movie. Go have it. You'll have a lot of fun. So I think that wraps up Mission Impossible. Yeah, not a lot of spoilers talk, but just no. just mainly that one. Also, if you've seen the trailer, you've probably seen. You probably know most how that movie's movie. gonna go. Yeah. yeah, don't watch the trailers, and that's not like I've tried so hard to not watch trailers recently yeah. because the, for that sole reason is that they give away stuff. Like the Dune two trailer, I haven't seen it. I don't want to see it. I already know I'm gonna go watch it. Trailers aren't made for me anymore. I like I I've decided when I see casts, when I see directors and writers, that I'm gonna go see a movie. Trailers, nah. I'm good on trailers. You kind of need to. We should. Should trailers die? No. I like teasers more. I think. <sighs> but there's never really good teasers. I thought the Barbie one was great. I actually think they're showing too much now. Well, I, I haven't seen a single Barbie trailer. I've gone this entire time without watching a single Barbie. It's really trailer. good, man. I think you should not never watch. The only thing I've seen is the Hi Barbie clip, where they're just like, "Hi Barbie, Hi Ken, Hi Barbie, Hi Ken." That's hi. a good teaser. Yeah, that's all I've seen. That's fine. That's fine. And Dua Lipa waving as a mermaid. Those are the, <laughs> the only things I've seen. Um, the, o- the other movie we saw this week. Oh, yeah. Speaking the, of great sequels. We didn't even do the theme song. That was like a whole bit that we had planned out. I mean, it's, it's too late now. It's too late. The moment's passed. I'm, I'm dejected by that one. I, was, I wanted that. Uh, Insidious, The Red Door. That is another movie that we ended up seeing Yahoo. this week. Do you want to give a little bit of a rundown about Insidious, Mike? Uh, like the the basis of the movie? Yeah. Uh, okay, so in the last one, well, okay, Insidious is about uh, people who some they have a gift that they can sort of, it's called astral walking. Astral project. Astral projecting. And they go into uh, a different sort of realm, but the realm is where sort of lost souls go. So it's like ghosty. It's called the further. Demons, yeah, the further. Um, And basically when they do that, they invite these sort of spirits and demons to sort of, they know where your body is, and if they get to your body, then they can go into the real world. So you sort of want to astral project uh, not too far from your body, basically. Uh, and then this is the fifth movie yep. in the franchise, uh, and it goes back to the same family as the first one, where the first one they find out that their kid could do it, and that also, again, the dad, Patrick Wilson, who plays Josh, uh, could do it, but he erased it from his memory because it was bad. Uh, and, and again, it's basically the same thing in this movie where they both for- forgot it in the last one because it, the scary demon possessed Patrick Wilson and tried to kill their family so yeah. yada yada this is 10 years in the future all played by the same people from the first movie which is an interesting choice it was yeah, the wrong a, choice it's a direct sequel from the the second movie yes. part two so over 10 years ago is this is a 10 year legacy uh, film. not the best idea yeah Patrick Wilson came in as the director for this one yeah taking over Lee Winnell and James Wan as the previous directors I'm not sure did the last key was that Leonel as well? No, that was Adam Robito. Uh Leonel and James Wan, very prolific names in the horror genre, James Wan especially. And this movie, like Mike was saying, follows up very similar to the last two movies. Yeah. Uh the last 
two Insidious movies trying to recapture what made Insidious so good. And I loved Insidious, the first two movies. I'm a really big fan of those. Yeah, me too. Because what James Wan is able to do with those movies is cur- curate an atmosphere on tension from jump scares and then divert you into making to believing something's going to happen and it doesn't and then it'll happen later so he, he's so good with that and right off the bat you there is a couple of jump scares in this movie that are very effective mainly the first two jump scares but what i noticed after those two was that this movie heavily heavily relied on jump scare sound going off looking around it's not there and then whoa there it, it is. is there boom and it fell into that pattern really quickly and the entire movie became scary demon from the further comes out to haunt the family and then nothing is really Did happening it? it just feels like it's very much a scene after scene after scene of just When's here's a demon scare gonna happen? here's a scare here's yes. a demon here's a scare here's a demon here's a scare and so I, you kind of said it there um you tweeted something that I'm very confused about. Okay. And you even just sort of talked about it. You said, deciding to forego any atmosphere, Insidious yep. movie fails to capture on what made the original so memorable, opting for jump scare after jump scare with a build that is over before it's even explored mm-hmm. for a concept that could have been super memorable and personal. It felt hollow. Yeah. And you said you're a big fan of these movies. Yeah. So that, I don't get that at all. Why don't you get about that? Because it's the exact same as all the other movies. It's not a good movie. And this franchise isn't good. The first movie, it also was just jump scares. It wasn't well-crafted. Yes, it was. And it's only memorable for two jump scares. No, that's yes, not true. Is. That's not true. Name another jump scare besides the two. I don't. I don't. I've seen, uh, I haven't ha, seen ha, these ha. in a long time, but I know that these. Like, no. Yes. Yeah, you're completely wrong. No, I'm not. That okay. movie is only memorable for two jump scares. No, it's a it's great not. movie because of that one jump scare. No. You're just wrong. No, I'm not. It's the exact same as all of the other movies. I don't understand why you said it It can't capture it. It's the exact same movie. Because there's zero... Okay, there's no atmosphere feeling Neither in this was movie. there in the other one. Yes, there was. No. That's a subjective take. Yes, completely. Yeah. So is yours. I disagree. I think that there's a lot of atmosphere that's built up, and that's what James Wan does. I've seen all I of James Wan's horror movies. that Patrick Wilson liked all of these movies so much that he crafted better jump scares than the previous movies. I don't think any of them were great. I did jump in the theater a couple times. Well, okay. That- but this movie is based, the, the whole franchise is based on one jump scare that really worked and they've just been trying to work on, like make the same thing over and over again. It never had a good atmosphere. The second movie is a really fun, twisty, like expectation movie because it's just, it's literally playing with time. Yeah. And, and it's a lot of fun. That's why I like Last Key. Have you watched Last Key yet? No. So basically the same thing. It's just a lot of twisties. I find with this whole franchise, I think we agreed with this, the final third of the, like every single one of these movies is horrible. No, None of these end well. Mm. The first one doesn't end well. It ends the same way as this one. Yeah. Second one, sort of a better ending. I don't know. Yeah. Last Key is a horrible, probably the worst one in the franchise. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's yeah. the general consensus. I think this is better than three, in my opinion. Not by much, but yeah, I don't know. I, so by the way, I, I'm shitting on all of this, but I I love this franchise. I I love the Insidious movies. Yeah, they're it's a good franchise. They're stupid. They're stupid fun, but they like. I also like. I just don't really know what you mean by there's atmosphere from the first one. I felt like it was the exact same thing. I, I, I even don't know. felt like they dived more into the fact that it was the same thing. James Wan feels very 
smart when it comes to crafting his jump scares. And but it feels, I thought Patrick Wilson was smart in that. No, because it was all about this. Like what you literally saying, there diversion. was two good. There was two good jump scares. But there was two good ones in the first one. No, but th- the problem is when you have jump scares and it's the first two that you're giving off in the movie, you're setting an expectation that this yeah. whole movie is going to be jump scares and that they are. you put your peak ones at the start and nothing else capitalizes it and gets to that level. And I hate jump scares. I am not a jump scare guy. I think jump scares are the lowest hanging fruit that you can give in a horror movie. However, hate that take. there is appropriate ways of doing jump scares to where I don't have to feel like I'm just sitting there waiting for it to happen and nothing is coming to me and there's not an end game to it. If the whole story around it is not ending well, if you don't give me something to sit through, I don't want to sit through pointless jump scares if nothing else around it is good. Yeah, Case in point, I agree with you. Smile, that came out last year. I had a lot of fun with that movie. It's all jump scares, but it's actually crafted well because everything around that movie builds... To a satisfying film. Yeah. But and it's I, not just giving you jump scare after jump scare after jump scare where you just feel cheapened and sitting there like, okay, jump scares are going to yeah. get anyone. You're not normal if you just sit in there and go, ugh. You don't, like, you don't do that. If yeah. you, you, you can't say you don't do that. Everyone does. Yeah, it's fun. It's not fun. Jump scares suck. Jump scares are fun. No, they're not. They're stupid. They're it, is the, it is the lowest hanging denominator of horror genres. If you like horror movies without a good scare, then go read a book because you're not, you're, you're like, <laughs> come on. That's the only reason you're actually watching those. No. You're scared. You're scared. It's freaky. It's you want to be spooked like that. But it's dumb. I completely agree with you. This movie had way too many jump scares and it yeah. didn't make sense. But I don't get how like the first two also had horrible endings in it. There was no payoff for the what it set up. Second one had a decent ending. Did it though? Well, it ended with all of them being forgetting about everything that happened. Yeah. It's an okay ending. It's fine. Yeah, but nothing paid off. Like it the first one, I felt like it was building towards this demon. Like, the jump scare with the demon behind the head, all time, like, that's an incredibly well-crafted jump scare. That's James Wan. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah. That's probably the best in the franchise still. And I feel like every movie, they've just been trying to recreate the magic that was that The CT scare. scan one was good. It was really, really good. That one was good atmosphere. That's what I mean by, like, atmosphere. And, and the second one for atmosphere for me was the further, because that's the most we've seen of the further was in that movie. Yeah. This movie has nothing. No, but but again, sorry. To go back to the first one, the end of that was horrible. Like you built this whole thing up to go to this demon, and then you have the perfect music to go behind it, and then Tip he just walks out with through him. the window. Like all he does is leaves. By it's the, the same window. thing in this movie, which is why I was confused by that because it's the same movie. It's not. It is though. a lot more jump scares, and I agree with you that it was stupid how many it was. But I thought it was like Patrick Wilson, like. I've been in so many horror movies. Let me try and craft a ton of jump scares. It felt like I liked it because you could tell he really liked it. Yeah. Uh, but it was it a good movie? No. I it think was, Patrick Wilson did movie. a fine job as directing. I, I agree. I wouldn't put any of the blame on you him. You could tell he really liked making this movie and had a fun time making those jump scares. I just I think as a fan of this franchise, to see a story that could have been really personal and was building to be yeah. a very personal story. That really offended me with this movie, is how it could have actually been like this great tie between all of these movies. And right. It just wasn't. And instead, they they decide to finish off a third act of being in the further for five minutes. and but, having but that's all the movies, besides the second one, I guess. And having just cameo after cameo of these demons, and the to have the offense to, to put the two iconic 
villains in this movie yeah for five seconds it was quite rude was awful as an insidious fan i thought it was so distasteful and just i felt cheapened the The, entire time the reveal of the red demon was so angry like i've never been more upset about it i love monsters in movies i think monsters are like awesome in horror movies yeah and to have like such an iconic one just be revealed oh he's on the floor like just like on her body was so bizarre to me it's all it's weird the whole way the movie ends is horrible ending. yeah i guess we can go into spoilers now i i don't think people really care about spoilers or not but if you don't want to listen like click ahead and you can hear our reviews we'll have timestamps so you can yeah. see the spoilers if not spoilers um yeah so the movie ends with so the whole movie is framed around josh and his son dalton which as you alluded to played by the same kid who played dalton terrible decision he's a really really bad actor he was a good child actor great child actor not a good actor does not age well very unbelievable and it's it's their relationship because josh since he has been erased his from his memory that he tried to kill his entire family he's been quote foggy yeah they've been they divorced he was divorced from his family so he's been on his own and he's been estranged from his son yeah, and it's trying to be this reconnection story between the two of them while Dalton's off at college. Did that work for you? No, absolutely <laughs> it not. It does not work at all. In theory, it is it a should. good. It's a great idea in theory. I like Insidious goes to college. That could have been a cool movie. It Don't could've have been. it about this family though. Well, the family's barely in the movie. Yeah, but it's about the two guys, the two kids, the kid and the dad. No, I think that's fine. They just no, didn't do I, it. Well. I didn't want. Well, okay. Lee Winnell wrote the story. Which makes sense because it like that actually seems like a decent story to write about this family. I, I, I just didn't care. Yes, I agree, but they should have made it more, like you're saying, they should have made it more personal, and I think that payoff would have paid more, like would have been better. But as a movie, when it, they didn't make it at all personal, they should have just kept it separate from the whole thing. Yeah, fair enough. But I like the idea of Insidious Goes to College. I think that's cool. What would you think of the other character that they introduced in the movie? The girl? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, man. Uh, some of that dialogue was painful from her. I think she, at the start, I didn't mind her, and then she just started to grain on my nerves yeah. towards the end. But the whole movie was also grating on my nerves, and yeah. I don't think that's just that's not really her fault. It was just the fact that I started to get checked out towards the end. And yeah, like we mentioned, the for the the climax of this movie is that Dalton goes too far into the further. Not really though, but like no. he's just kind of walking around a house and then gets possessed. Yeah, I don't. What, it's, and then it was whatever. Yeah, there's it, no climax to this movie. Let's be honest. No, and then Josh just like suddenly remembers, and then he goes into the, he shows up at at Rose Byrne's house. Uh, it's his ex wife. What's her name in this? Renee. Renee, I think. Shows up at her house out of nowhere. Was Renee the, his mom? No, it's his uh his his, his ex wife. Okay. So he shows up at her house and is like, Dalton's in trouble. I can feel it. Then he goes into the further. <laughs> also, the dialogue in this movie rough. was really rough. Really rough. Would you like the my brother line when he was just like, oh, when he was calling yeah, his brother? Every time he calls him. It's the most cringy uh, dialogue yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. Uh, Josh goes into the further to find Dalton. Dalton is chained to something, a cage. I don't know what it was. He frees Dalton. Yeah, oh, the I, little vignettes before that of like all the movies. It's like what? Why? I don't know. It's really weird. It, it's it's a weirdly paced movie too. That this is under two hours, I but it did not feels get the like pace. it felt a lot longer. It feels so long. Yeah, I love a good hour and a half, a couple jump scare movie. Like that's no. a that's a fun horror movie that you should watch. 
None of this was not. No, and the whole idea of the context of them getting and realizing what the further was was he had this painting that he made of the door, the red door. And it, the more <laughs> that it was painted in, the more that he realized, uh, the more that it was brought back to both of their memories, I guess, is how it's working. Maybe I'm giving too much credit for I don't like know. Yeah, I don't, how I don't it actually think, is, but I don't think they knew what I they don't were know how Josh. There. I don't know how Josh remembered. I'm just going to put that out there. His dad came to him. Oh yeah, there was a dad's plotline in this movie. Yeah, his, <laughs> I saw this Tuesday. His and I dad forgot the, about this. His dad was the guy in the window. Right. I thought the window scene was pretty was pretty good. Yeah, that one was all right. It was fun. It it got progressively worse as it went on. It did. It was way too long. And then it was like, okay, he's just in my house now. The puking a, guy was like the puking guy was so painful. bad. And the fact that I want to go back, I, I thought like Nick the Dick should have been a much funnier or like interesting character, and it was just like painful. Yeah. It was weird. The whole possession scene was really it strange. Bad. And why then, did it look so bad? I don't know. This movie. You're right with the atmosphere that this movie builds, like interesting monsters and like demons. And then they had, first of all, the frat kid who looked horrible. Yeah. And then that when uh, Dalton gets possessed, it looked terrible. A sixteen million dollar budget. And that's what Blumhouse yeah. is special is that they make. It felt movies. like a sixteen million dollar horror movie. But I but we've seen Insidious do better. Look, have their demons look better. Yeah, and this one just felt weirdly cheap. It felt very cheap. Um, the movie ends with Josh <laughs> holding back the door to let Dalton go, and then Dalton's painting the the door shut, and then you see the paint go down, and then the red faced demon is staring as, through the door. As someone who loves this franchise, I, I saw the first one in theaters uh, like three times. I did not give a crap. Like, like you're checked this. out towards I, the I end. I was so checked out at this. Yeah, I did not care about anything that was happening. I did not care about uh, Patrick Wilson at all, which sucks because I like Patrick Wilson he's a such lot. A, he's so good in these. Yeah, this was this was bad. Yeah, it's a shame. Dalton comes back, realizes that his dad is still in there, and then Josh just goes, "Okay, yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll come out now." <laughs> and then Josh yep. is found. It comes out, and then. Reconnects. Well, his dad gave him the lantern, right? I see the fact that you're remembering this. I don't remember any of the <laughs> lantern. Like, I was genuinely fully checked out by this point. Yeah, because all I remember at the end was Elise. <laughs> Why? Is he like also half dead now? Like he can see. It was so bizarre. I th- okay. She was Where's like, the daughter? Yeah, yeah. You where is the daughter? That up to me yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. What was the point? They mentioned her, but... They made a point to put that she, the daughter was the only one who can see Elise. Where, where, where she? was she? Why wasn't she in this movie? I don't know. If I, you wanted to have Elise in this movie this badly, if you wanted to have Lin Shay, who is a fantastic actress and is arguably the face of this franchise... She should have been. Where, where was she? And then she shows up at the end, and he's like, I remember you. <laughs> She's just like... Yeah, okay. you do. Cool. Have a good also, life. This is made so long after the other ones that I was trying to like piece together what I was supposed to remember or care about, yeah. and I just didn't. I sorely missed Specs and Tucker in this movie. They had a nice cameo. I thought that was funny. I sorely missed the humor. It yeah. was okay if you well, if you like them and you like Elise, you have to watch The Last Key. I'm yeah, telling okay. you. Well, I, I will watch it just for Lee Winnell. I think that's the best one in the franchise. Yeah, that's an awful take. You've never seen it. From from what I've heard from everyone, everyone like you're, okay, you, you also just said it's the worst movie. Yeah, the uh, worst ending. Okay. 
of all of them. But they all have horrible endings, so it's not, you can't really compare it to any of these. Yeah. It, it's the best, like, if you like the twists of the second one and it doesn't take itself seriously like an Insidious movie, it's the prequel. To, it's just a goofy... There's not the crazy jump scares like you think there's going to be. It probably has the least amount of jump scares. Mm. It's just a fun movie. Yeah. That's what I want from this franchise. I want fun with a couple of good jump scares. Yeah, this movie just wasn't really fun. Wasn't fun, wasn't good, didn't have a great time with it. I've Considering the fact that Mike is bringing up stuff that happened in the movie that I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, there you it go. It shows how much of an impact this movie has had on me. I just, I just don't get how you think that this is like so different from the other ones. Because it's basically the same thing. Then maybe thing. I should rewatch the I, first two. But I Because I, so, I agree with you. It's the Well, I don't know if we've said this yet. I think it's the worst one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, considering I haven't seen The Last Key, but it, it's the worst. Of the, I, I didn't hate Chapter 3 no, as much I, as a lot of other people do. But I thought they were all just sort of stupid. The first one worked because it came out of nowhere, and it had this really iconic jump scare. I think you're discrediting James Wan a little bit too much. Maybe, but uh, the final third of that, there's no payoff for whatever it built. I agree with you. Like the scene where he's like in the bedroom and he points at the kid is like incredibly iconic. Um, maybe you're right. It does like build a better atmosphere, but there's no payoff in it. If there is no payoff in that one, the payoff's even worse in this one. Oh yeah, I felt like I wasted my money. Yeah, it's an absolute waste of time. This is the worst. Like and if by this, far the worst. If this is built as the finale to this Insidious franchise, which it's not. First of all, I hope it's not. Well, it won't. Like it won't. Be. Did you watch the post-credit scene? There's a post-credit scene. There I did not post- see a post-credit it is, scene. It's one second. Oh no! Of the further, and the door flicks back on. Oh god! <laughs> I'm tired of this stuff. I'm tired of this family or whatever. It, yeah. Why did they divorce them? Why was Rose Byrne just not in this I movie? Think she seemed checked out in all of her scenes. She was did, she just like filming platonic or something like must, that? She, and she did she not seem like she this? wanted to be there. She almost looked like a hologram at some points. She had, I think, like five lines of dialogue. Yeah, it was uh, odd. It was very disappointing. As someone who loves this franchise, and it's one of the first key factors of, really, the one of the first two movies I remember watching that really gave me an appreciation for horror. Yeah, in, I would Insidious, agree. Chapter 2, specifically. Um, and Oculus. Those were the two movies that really put horror on the map for me. Dude, we should do an Oculus rewatch. Oh, I love that movie. So good. Mike Flanagan. Yeah. I, haven't ha- I haven't had to talk about Mike Flanagan on this podcast. He's my favorite dir- horror director. Oh, hell yeah. I love everything he puts out, except for The Midnight Club. I was really disappointed in The Midnight Club. Well, mine's is Patrick Wilson, because he did um, <laughs> Red Door. Yeah? It said he's- no, God, no. Yeah. Have you um, watched the um, the short film it's based on? It's like 30 minutes. The Oculus one? Yeah. No, I haven't basically the same movie. Oculus, yeah. Oculus is just a better, longer, better movie of it. But it's, a, it's, it's interesting to, to watch both of them. Oh, I'm sure it is. Like back to back. I, cool. I would love it. I haven't rewatched Oculus in so long. It's so we good, give, though. We should give it a rewatch. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a very long time either. Such a good movie. Um, very disappointed as an Insidious fan. I think fans yeah, deserve 100%. a lot better than this. I just, I think you might be giving it too much credit, this series. Because I Maybe. think you have to go into these like, they're dumb movies. Yeah. I mean... They're but fun. but I know a bad movie when I see it. This is a this is a horrible movie. This is objectively it's a bad objectively movie. Objectively a terrible a terrible movie. Where you have a lot more merits in the first two movies. Yeah. I would recommend the other movies. Oh, I'm <laughs> never going to tell anybody to watch this. No. It's it's a ve- like we've talked about. It's the same thing with comedy movies. It's a basic horror movie that doesn't do anything more than just yeah. cheap jump scares that but to get I, a quick scare out of you. You're not giving some of those jump scares some credit, man. They were they were fun. The first 3 jump scares were fine. It felt like Patrick Wilson really wanted to the get The paintbrush you. one was really good. 
the one in the Vapor cat scan was, good. was really was good. Great. I like the window. Lasted way too long. I agree it with you. It was way too long. Everything else after that, uh, the, the under the bed was kind no, of creepy. No, that one was not. Well, the, oh. the payoff to that, I guess, was terrible with the throwing up on him. But <laughs> okay, I have I have some uh, some ranting to do. I've saved this. Go. I saw this on Tuesday. Okay. In a packed theater. Like packed. Oh, we're, oh wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. Is it about the movie? No. Is it were people talking or something? Oh my god. No. This the is a worst. theater of 250 people. I checked the screening afterwards how many people sat. There is people talking for the first 15 minutes of this movie. Like full on out loud talking. And it was not just one or two or three or four people. It was like at least 80 people talking. And I was turning I turned to my friend and I was like Is it just me or is there a lot of people talking right now? And he just like yeah, there is. It's a lot. People pull out their phones for the red door screen to take a photo of it. Not just one. I counted because we no, were sitting in the no, back. No. There was 37 phones <laughs> that came out and took a photo or recorded the intro of the movie. A lot of Insidious fans. Why? I don't know. Third of all, I think that Cineplex thought that we were in the Sound of Freedom screening because the AC was not turned on. No. <laughs> so it was hot in that theater. Aggressively hot. Fourth, the person beside me did not stop talking and give me an audio commentary the entire movie about every little thing that happened. Everything, including her talking about how cold her food got from Chick-fil-A that she was eating. Oh, God. And her mentioning, it's so hot in here, 27,000 <laughs> times over and over and over again. Not to mention, since we're in a packed theater, people like to show out and pretend things are scarier than they actually are. Yeah, people I do going, find that. Ah! Literally as the jump scares are building. So when you mentioned the under the bed thing when the person's crawling down, no. <laughs> the entire arena arena, arena theater is just going, ah! and I'm just like, what is happening here? It's not scary. And I think that ruined the movie a lot more yeah, for me. okay. There you go. The person beside me literally at one point was going, and I turned and looked at her, and she just starts laughing and goes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening to movie theaters? I found that, like... So many people are on their phones in theaters these days. I think COVID ruined people's attention spans. Oh, 100%. But not to mention, like, I get it's a horror movie and that this is going to attract the dumb teenage kid audience because that's usually what horror movies do because they're like, yeah, I'm not scared of anything. And then they put on a show. It was ridiculous. It's up there with, like, Uncharted is one of the worst theater experiences I've had in Uncharted. I had three kids in that theater that, like, I think they're like 14 years old. That were just the most disrespectful pieces of trash I've ever seen. That were just yelling at like people. Someone tried to come in and tell them to be quiet, and they just chuck popcorn at them. I've had awful theater experiences. This was up there. Damn. It was really bad. When when I saw No Hard Feelings, uh, there was like these kids like way in the back, and it was it wasn't through the whole movie, but by the end of the movie, like every joke they would just like. And it's funny because she did that. <laughs> it was like, okay. Why do people feel the need to give us their I don't know. opinions? I, I, it, they think they want attention, I guess. They want to be funny. The girl beside me, when Elise showed up at the end, 
And Elise was in the movie earlier in a YouTube clip, which also horrible use of of her yeah. in this film. She when she shows up at the end, you hear her voice speak before you see her, and you know it's her because yeah. if you've watched these movies, you understand what her name is. She goes, oh, "It's Alyssa." And they turn to Elise, and she goes, ah, I told you so. <laughs> Stop. 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 <laughs> it's one of the worst theater experiences I've ever had. Were they some of the people who took the photo of the door? Yes. No. <laughs> that makes it worse. When we saw, Big Insidious um, fans, eh? Yeah. Alyssa. When we saw Super Mario Brothers, there was a lot of kids in the theater. That's but fine. It was, well, there, I was going to say. It wasn't like them being annoying. You could they were just like in love with the movie. Yeah, like that's Yoshi fine. would be like, Yoshi. Yeah. Like it it was really fun to watch that. But when you're seventeen year olds talking god, the entire man. movie, oh my gosh. have some respect. What what was your worst one? Was that it? Um, Uncharted was bad. But No Way Home was the worst. What happened? For the third time so I went and saw No Way Home three times. Ew. I know you can ugh, whatever. So <laughs> during this one Is that the third one? Yeah, it's the Andrew uh, when ugh, Andrew and Toby show that up. one. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> don't give me such a vitriolic response then when I say that. Uh, <laughs> I can't even t- I can't even t- mention it. It's th- this ha- that has to be second though. Like the Insidious has to be the second worst. This one had people hugging each other during the theater game, being like, "Oh my god!" And then they like <laughs> hugged each other, and it's like, "It's so good to see you." And then they took selfies of each other during the theater, and not just selfies. They had the flash turned on, so they were taking selfies with the oh flash turned on. And then it was, someone screamed at them, rightfully so, because you're being disrespectful. And I think if you do being disrespectful, you kind of deserve to be yelled at a little bit because you're actually ruining people's experiences of seeing the movie. Because if I'm, I love movies. If I'm taking all this in, I'm not paying attention to the movie, which is not a good thing. Um, and then when Tom Holland or when Andrew Garfield shows up, everyone, you know, everyone claps because that's what the movie is also built in. Everyone's like, yay. People clapped. What people were like, what? When he showed up. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, oh, clapping is one of my least favorite things in theaters. If you ever clap oh, at, at the, the end, end of, of a movie, movie, what are you doing? People clapped in the end of Mission Impossible. Oh, well, it's sort of like a, that's a early screening though. But Tom like, Cruise I, I wasn't there. If he was, if it was Thursday and to- Tuesday and Tom Cruise was there, I understand it <laughs> because then he's in the theater and I, I've been to TIFF. I don't Most know, of the man. people are there. You can't go to a nerdy thing like a, a early screening and not expect some <laughs> some film nerds to clap. Someone clapped at the end of Insidious too. Of that movie? Yeah. Oh. God. Um. And then so when Andrew shows up at screen, everyone does their reaction, and then like ten seconds later, it sounds like, oh, <laughs> out of nowhere, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> it's so delayed. Oh. And then I had someone pick up their phone and like literally was like FaceTiming someone during the oh, theater, God. and then they started screaming when they saw it was ta- when it was Andrew no. Garfield. So I don't think they knew that they're in the movie yet because I think it was like the Tuesday I think at this point. So I've seen it three times by like its first weekend, and then so I don't think they knew. So that was their first reaction was a FaceTime screening of it. Damn. But it was just it's crazy seeing what some of these theater people have been doing, what some of the audiences have been since COVID. Yeah, it's like not fun. Yeah, we uh, on this podcast we tell you to go to a lot of movies. That is one of the worst parts about going to the theater. Yeah, you never you can, know who's gonna be in. There. If you can wait a couple weeks, I feel like 
it'll be a bit better because then the theater dies out a little bit. Like comedies, I think, are different because you want to have a bigger packed yeah. theater. Horror movies are one of the worst things to see I, in a packed I, theater. I can't stand them. Like when it was other sold out. I saw the Gallows in theaters. Do you remember that oh, movie? Is that the shark movie? No, it's like a, about a high school. I don't know. I, the Gallows, I think, what it's called. It's like these kids. It's found footage in like a high oh, school. Oh God! Yeah, I remember this Gosh, movie. It, I went with like friends, oh. and they were talking the whole time. Oh. I'd never seen a movie with them, and like I almost wanted to leave because I was so like embarrassed to be around these people. Like whispering to each other every once in a while. They is were like full fine. on having a conversation. Yeah, like, full on combos. I'm not paying to listen to your audio commentary of things that I'm no, seeing it, happening it on the screen. Like, it was it, lucky. It was a horrible movie, so it didn't really matter. But it was really, really annoying. Did you know there was a Gallows Act 2? No, but now i got to see it. It was on digital. Have you seen the Gallows? No. It's terrible. I avoid really garbage horror movies. You shouldn't. It almost killed my love for the, for the genre. It's the bread and butter, man. I, yeah, I guess. I've seen a lot of them, though. There is yeah. a lot of bad horror movies. So you got to know the up-and-comers. Um, Have you ever left a theater? No. I, no. I sit to the bitter end of everything, regardless of how much I hate it or not. Damn. And normally I'm very choo- pick and choosy with my money, especially nowadays because I'm poor, uh, that I would like to Yeah, and if you want to sponsor this podcast, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to hear more of us talking about our theater experiences and give us yeah. some money, that would be great. No, uh, Insidious, don't go see this movie. No. You're good. If, if you're a diehard Insidious fan and really need to watch this, wait till it comes out on digital. I guess. Yeah, this isn't a movie you need to see in theaters. Yeah, or wait till it's like that ninety-nine cent rental. Yeah, go crazy. Yeah, I give it's it. Fine. T- I give it two and a half. I give it two. Yeah. But, wow. But I thought same. you would give it way worse. It's my low end two and a half. Like it's, it's pushing. A, it's it's a pushing bad two. Movie. Yeah. I think if I counted my theater experience, it would probably be a two. <laughs> that was an awful theater experience. Why was the oh. AC not turned on? Hey man, you should have paid it forward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. SAG? You want to talk strike? Let's do it. Yeah. The SAG strike has had a new wrinkle to it. There's Mm -hmm. been the writers who have been striking for, I believe it's month two at this point. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me on that. It's not just the writers anymore. The actors are now on strike. For the first time in 63 years, they have a double strike on its hands. Yeah. So it is about 160,000 actors. The one in 1960 lasted six weeks. This is not expected to be that fast. This is going to go on a long, long time. And it's going to have a massive repercussion on Hollywood. The strike in 2009 also had one. This one is going to be even longer. So... A lot of people are going to listen to this and be like, okay, well, why why do we care about all these millionaires wanting more money from whatever? But like 99% of the people that this affects are people in the background yep. or people working with those people who basically honestly could be making less than minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, wanna, they want to be paid more, especially since all of these streaming deals and all of this money is available. And with the threatening loom of AI and exactly. what a lot of people are worried about is that ai is going to come in and take a lot of their jobs and it's a it's a genuine concern yeah it's absolutely a concern and it's honestly good for them that this is happening i think it's about time 
And the writers, everyone's talked about the writers. The writers were criminally underpaid as it was, and they are the bread and butter of your film. I talk about all the time. Good writing is my thing. If I like a movie, it's normally based off writing because good dialogue, your movie can be technically amazing, but if the dialogue sucks, your movie's probably not great. Yeah, I'm more of a stage play person, so it has to have good dialogue for anything to work. So especially when it comes to movies, like I'm never going to give a movie a five-star rating if there's bad dialogue. No, I don't think that's... I like crappy movies, but I'm aware when a movie is bad, and if it has bad dialogue, then it doesn't work. And this is an actual thing, because... I mean, you could go into ChatGPT and ask it to write you six episodes of Law & Order SVU. Yep. And it will do that. Yep. It's crazy. We've seen this week a lot of films that are still shooting, because the thing was during the writer's strike that you're allowed to still film as long as there's no revisions to your script. So what a lot of thi- what a lot of productions were doing was they were going to film and then shelve it and see if there was any rewrites that they wanted to do and then wait for the strike to be over and then they would go back and refilm the scenes. Now what's happening is because not everything is affected by this because it's just the United States that there is still some productions that are in production. Interesting enough, um, for before that Oppenheimer had its premiere last night. Yeah. And the cast and crew was there. And then they left. They literally left. Good for them. Amazing. Good for them. Christopher Nolan was still there, but spoke in solidarity with the cast for leaving. Um, Not sure how the crowd reacted in that, actually. I'm not too sure. Who cares? It's not about them. Who cares? It is about getting these people equal pay, which is, quite frankly, Hollywood, you have enough money. Give these people what they deserve. And I hope it's not a quick fix. I hope no one folds. And even you see Bob Iger coming in here being like, they're asking for unfair demands. Yeah. I highly doubt that. I thought uh, I really liked Bob Iger. I think he was going to do really good things with Disney. Yeah. And that comment was just... It's uncalled for. It's yucky. Another one of the things was that the studio's AI proposal to SAG-AFTRA includes scanning a background actor's likeness for one day worth of pay and using their likeness forever without any pay or consent. So if you're going to sit here and tell me that striking does not need to happen with things like that, and you're going to be like, oh, well, same thing. They go, why are these all these actors striking? It's because they they know that that is ridiculous. That is something that should never happen. You're telling me someone's going to come in there with one day worth of pay, get their likeness scanned. Welcome to Black Mirror. That's literally Joan is awful. That is horrendous. That can never happen. And I hope that they agree that that is just stricken and they're not allowed to do that. Because that is a massive ethical issue. And we already see this ethical issue in theater and movies as it is right now. How many actors that are past are being resurrected in theaters? And it's gross every time it happens. Yeah. Never been a fan of that. And it keeps happening. Yeah. Spoilers for The Flash. If you don't want to watch The Flash, if you haven't seen The Flash yet, mute your ears for a bit. Christopher Reeves is in The Flash. Really? That is ho- horrible. Jeez. What you, are we doing here? You just watched Transformers, right? Yeah. Optimus Prime is dead. How's he in that movie? The voice guy? No, the robot. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you know what I mean, though, right? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, this is ridiculous. It, it's getting bad, and it, it was only a matter of time before this ended up happening. So yeah. hopefully... Everything gets resolved where 
the actors, the writers are all getting the pay that they rightfully deserve. Yep. And the reprodu- reproduction reper- reproduction repercussions of this is going to be massive because now we're sitting here with nothing filming, no productions, but like I alluded to, there's some. Doing the Sisterhood, it's going to Hungary. We're shooting that in Hungary, which is the HBO show that they're doing for that one. As well, uh, House of the Dragon, still going because the UK has different union rules. Yeah. So they're doing this their own thing. This is the Hollywood one, right? Yes. This is directly impacting Hollywood. So the UK one has different rules, and Hungary, I guess, they are allowed to go film over in Hungary. Um, as for the reprodu- reproduction, I keep saying reproduction. Please help me. Repercussions. Like I said, nothing is filming. This is going to get to the point where we're going to be seeing a huge rise of reality TV show. Yes, because they work under, and soap operas, because they also work in a very different um Union? Yeah. Yeah. Which require no writing, basically. It's yep. just planning and soap operas are literally you can get anyone to make a soap opera. I could write you a soap opera episode if you want. You want to pay me to do that? I'll 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 take a minimum pay to make you a soap opera episode. Um it's scary. It's sad because we're in such a golden time of television and we're in such a golden time of cinema that we were concerned that things weren't gonna be coming out to begin with already in theaters let alone now when literally what's being made nothing yeah so people and industries are gonna have to start thinking about all this input like all everything that's coming out they're gonna have to think about delaying stuff they're gonna have to think about all the stuff they have on back burners to maybe possibly finish those off canceled films they might bring them back that have always been written it's crazy it's a crazy time that we're living in right now yeah and it's not going to get solved anytime soon no, well, we even see it with like, um, if you notice our rebrand, rebrand that was by artist Emily Steckley, um, which is a real person who drew all those pictures and drew that little design for us. Uh, we should have shouted her out earlier. I yeah, don't know why we, <laughs> no, haven't, no, we, we haven't yet. Um, we didn't even do it on Twitter. Yeah, that's crazy. We should put that. Sorry, tweet Emily. Out. Well, we'll post you up. Um, but even just like it's already affected so many artists. Yeah, you could just AI generate any image you want. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I get it for the sake of editing. Like a photographer can go and they can say, "Hey, can you cut this out of whatever?" For a person who's an editor in a movie or something, can't that, that doesn't really work the same no. way. So, but I mean, it's already affecting so many other artistic businesses. Yeah, AI is wild, and it's been six months of it. Six months. This is the beginning of AI. God knows in a year from now what AI is going to even be able to do. So it makes sense that it's happening. Yeah. I just... Maybe Tom Cruise can stop AI. <laughs> Yo, if only... That's part two. That's part two. I was going to say, I feel like that's... Tom Cruise saves see part the one of that? So this is part. this is part one, and then part two is going to be when the strike ends is when the second movie comes out. Tom Cruise and Fran Drescher save SAG-AFTRA. What do you think? When do you think this is going to end? Next year. Yeah? You think it's going to go out for I think a while? it goes past Christmas, or at least till Christmas. I think it'll be a month. It's crazy. What are you excited to watch for reality TV shows to come in? Um, you know, I think there's a big gap for content. You know, people want to listen to podcasts and things. So maybe this podcast could. Uh, are you pop saying up. you want us to do reality TV shows on this podcast? <laughs> no. If only there was another podcast that you can do that on. Two c- truths, one guy. <laughs> what did you almost say there? <laughs> Anywho, yeah, that's my other podcast. If you like reality television, uh, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. So 
So if you see, if you're listening to this in Hollywood or if you're in LA and you see a lot of actors out there striking, go so, show some support to them. Don't go take photos with them. That's not the point of it. <laughs> go support them and hopefully these businesses, the guilds, realize that this is AI is not the the way. Yeah. Until you can have a peaceful relationship between the two and not just want to immediately kill everyone's jobs and make it easier for you and to make less quality content because that's what it is. It would be less quality content. Pay them. Pay them what they deserve. They deserve to be paid just as much, if not more, than actors. And actors' background deserve to be paid just as much, if not a lot more than minimum wage to be important background roles or else what are movies without background characters? Just recurring characters. characters. What are they, they without don't get them? Paid. You could put someone on a billboard and they don't see any money for that. You don't think it's like you don't think it's a big deal. If people are like, ah, they're just background characters. They literally- not even the background. I know you keep saying background, but it's like side character, recurring roles. Right. They it, don't get paid that much money, guys. Yeah, it's not just the main people. Not it's everybody in a movie else. is a millionaire. No. It's everything else, everyone else, everyone deserves in this industry to be treated with respect and to get the pay that they deserve for the job they're putting in. Yeah. Same goes for animators, same goes for editors, same goes for writers, same goes for actors. One should not be one about more. And I get it. The big actors are going to be the big actors. They're the one you market. They'll be fine after this. But don't forget the little ones. The little ones are what make these movies. Yes. I'll leave it at that. Unless you're Dalton from Insidious. <laughs> then he cannot come back. <laughs> He, did you know he's the little kid from Iron Man <laughs> 3? Oh. Yeah. He's, I don't even remember. Iron Man 3 is the one where he like loses the suit. That's the Christmas movie, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's all him. the Iron Mans are at the end. What happened to him when he grew up? Did he just not become a good actor with puberty? I don't know. They also did the thing where he has like long hair, so he looks younger. <laughs> just a little weird. Yeah, that was a little, that was a little strange. I'm still, I'm still miffed. Where was the girl? <laughs> where was she? I don't know. The Emmys, speaking of yes. stuff, the golden age, the Emmys have come out. They have announced that the for now, the Emmys will be taking place in September, though that could move with the Guild and the strike because they won't be able to write anything for that show. And that might be able to get pushed until either November or January, so probably most likely January. I'm going to go over... A couple of the things here, because I've seen a lot of these shows, so I just want to give you some of my brief reactions. I'll go over the two main ones, which is drama series and comedy series, and then I'll kind of pick out some other things I thought was interesting. The main ones for comedy series, Abbott Elementary was nominated, Barry, The Bear, Jury Duty, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and Wednesday. Yeah. It's a good list. I think The Bear being in comedy is really weird. It's not a comedy. At all. So it's a little strange that it's categorized. And this has been a big complaint with the Emmys in general is that the categories are a little weird because Barry also stick out. It's a dark <laughs> it comedy. It started as a dark comedy. It's not a dark comedy anymore. So well, it is what well, it don't is. Don't they submit it to the category though? I don't know how that works. It's a weird gray area between everything there. I think. I think they submit it as. I don't know. Whatever it is. HBO is the big winners in all of these categories. Mind you, they took away really? basically think, everything. Yeah, Secession or House of the Dragon will probably win drama. Yeah, especially with all of the acting. 
as well for drama series Andor was nominated the Disney Plus Star Wars show. Shout we gotta out. talk about Andor. We're talking about Andor. There you go. You, there you got your Andor shout out. Andor. Better Call Saul for its second part of season six was nominated. The Crown, House of Dragon, The Last of Us, Succession, The White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. It's a really good, really good lineup right there. I'm a big fan. Succession's probably gonna win. And that's what's going to be a thing with all these categories. I think Succession is going to just kill every single category. Yeah. How many of the comedy ones have you seen? I've seen, so I saw Half of Wednesday. I saw Ted Lasso. I've seen Only Murders. I have not watched Jury Duty yet, but I've heard it's really funny. Seen The Bear, seen Barry. Watched a bit of Abbott Elementary. It's a very emmy I really like Abbott show. Elementary. It's really funny. It kind of replaced Atlanta. I feel like Atlanta was kind of the Emmy's golden child when it first aired. Oh, for like comedy? Yeah, it, it is very. And then Emmy. Abbott Elementary felt very more Emmy oriented because yeah, the fact that they loved Atlanta as it was was always a little strange to me because it's a very out there show and very like outwardly. Played. I mean, this Abbott Elementary is just like it was. It's like the it's, it's a throwback. It's yeah, a throwback it, to it a lot of like old. Feels like you're watching that sort of stuff. But, yeah, but like cleaner. Um, I, yeah, it's probably gonna go to the barrier. The bear, eh? You started the bear, right? Yeah, I start, I just started the bear, so we're a couple episodes in. Really good. Um, yeah, I start. Would, I wouldn't be shocked if Ted Lasso takes the yeah. Pick people too. love Lasso, eh? People love Ted Lasso. I got yeah, I got Barry here. Yeah, as the takeaway, Barry or the bear, especially with all the love with season two. This is season Barry one of the fell bear under the radar though. I don't know if the campaign's as hot as you think it might be. Ted Lasso's <laughs> massive. And yeah, the bear's getting buzzed right now. So. Well, that's the thing. This is season one of the bear. This isn't oh, season two. Okay, okay. So that's to think of, but also, they also overnominated the bear. Yeah, with a lot of the acting stuff too. So it makes sense. Like John Berthold got guest actor, and he's in literally a frame of season one. Hmm. One frame. <laughs> Odd. That's it. So and well, and they the Emmys do stuff like that for the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Don Cheadle got nominated for like two dialogues, two lines of dialogue. Okay. Yeah, they're very weird with some of that stuff. That's weird. But yeah, I think either the Bear, Barry, or Ted Lasso will be the three that take that one. Limited series, Beef, Obi Wan Kenobi. Let's get into that. Let's go. Dahmer, Daisy Jones and the Six, Fleischman in Trouble, and Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, Star Wars sucks. I'll say it. Not a fan. Never been. Well, I I like the games. I like the universe of Star Wars. I like the creativity. You like the universe that they don't explore because they're too stuck in the Skywalker saga. Um, God, is Star Wars so bad? If it wasn't just Skywalker saga, it'd probably be better. It's yep. Yeah, I agree with you. Rogue One was fun, but that's also Skywalker. The Lando one was bad. Uh, Solo, the Solo, Solo movie. Yeah, Solo. Lando, Lando was good in that okay. movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, I watched Obi Wan. I've seen Obi Wan. It's it's not good. <laughs> Why is it in this list? It I seems so out of place. I don't know. That was a massive shocker. Of I think that's probably the biggest shock of the announcements. It's the most random show on this list. It was just yeah. six episodes of nothing, and some scenes were really good between. Ewan McGregor and Christian Haydenson, who's actually was very solid in this show. And I think he's taken a lot of criticism for his original portrayal as Anakin. And yeah. He's grown from that. And the fights were fun. The whole show was just uh, rehashing. Leia gets kidnapped because there's a baby Leia in this movie, baby child Leia in this movie. 
and Obi-Wan has to take care of her, apparently, for some reason. She gets kidnapped, so then they go save her. And then, oh no, she gets kidnapped again, so then they go save her. And then there's like two lightsaber fights with Vader and Obi-Wan, and it's really unforgettable. Unforgettable? Really forgettable. Didn't like it. Hell yeah. So you're going to go watch it? God, no. I don't think I could ever watch a Star Wars thing again. You don't want to watch Andor? <sighs> I don't think there's been a good Star Wars thing. Um, I don't agree with that. But I, I also am not. I'm over Star Wars. Yeah. I've been over Star Wars since they burned me on the Rise of Skywalker. And then I really liked The Mandalorian. And then they lost exactly what The Mandalorian could have been and made it a cameo fest, which I know everyone loves season two, but I really didn't like it. And I don't care anymore. I watched four episodes of Andor. Probably should finish it. Don't know if I will. Probably won't. Don't care enough to. Um, as well as for acting, a.k.a. the succession category. Yeah. Lead a actor, lot of succession. Lead people. actor Brian Cox getting in there. Kieran Culkin. Jeremy Strong. Lead actress. Staris Nuke. Uh, yeah. That's it. It's everyone. <laughs> succession. Uh, they're cool. probably going to win. Supporting actor. Nicholas Braun, Alan Ruck, Alexander Skarsgård. Like, everyone got in. Every single actor got in. Which, I love Succession. Bit ridiculous. Oh, Matthew McFadden obviously got in, too. A little bit. Jay Smith Cameron also got nominated for Supporting Actress. (laughs) I love the show. Not everyone needs to get in. All right? Alan Ruck does not need to get nominated. He's really good in the show. I wouldn't nominate him. As well, the weirdest thing, supporting actors, literally just Succession and The White Lotus. It's just those two shows. Good show. F. Murray Abram, Michael Emporial. F. Murray Kill? Is that what you said? Theo James and Will Sharp all getting in. All great actors. Really good show. Really well acted. But the fact that it's just literally two shows... Yeah, I it's feel a like there's strange. so little movies or t- television that's like good these days. That's not true at all. It's just they don't nominate anything aside from the. Big Sorry, I mean ones. like that's that's not really what I mean. There's like only so much good television that is like in the popular eye, the zeitgeist, yeah. of like reality that we see. Like I've heard about Secession and Yellow Jackets and like all of these fairy, Better Call Saul. I'm sorry. Now that it's done, I'm really excited to see what the new stuff is going to be, and that's that's what I'm more interested in. I'm sort of over these. It's going to be House of the Dragon. Uh, okay. Get ready for like House of the Dragon, the bear. But I agree. The bear I'm getting into. It's a tough beginning. Yeah, I know you said that a little bit earlier. I yeah. was going to say something, but then I just zoomed past you because I don't care about you. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think that's a good, I, that's a good take. I, I loved all those shows, but I think – it's been six years of it. Yeah. I think it, it's, it's it'll be a nice change of pace to see a lot of the new stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's not really much more to cover in this. Um, eh. A couple snubs here and there, but it's yeah. the Emmys. No one really cares. I just wanted to pay attention that like literally everyone in succession was just getting nominated. I think it'll be funny when Jon Stewart beats everybody in talk show again. <laughs> the problem. Came out of Jon nowhere. Stewart. Hey, Jimmy, F- Jimmy Fallon didn't get nominated. No, but our boy, Jimmy... Kimmel? <laughs> I don't know. I don't hate Jimmy Kimmel. I feel like I like I, Jimmy Kimmel. I feel like a lot of people hate on Jimmy Kimmel. He's he's fine. Oh yeah, no, I love Jimmy. Kimmel. He's probably my favorite Oscars host. Yeah, he's the fine. Past very long time. Well, I don't know. The, the guy show is awful. 
Which one? The guy was it called the bro? Sh- the guy show, I think it was called. It's like a talk show uh, with him and that the like construction comedian, and they just talked like bro stuff. It what? Was all just like they just degraded women. It was, it was what is what are <laughs> you, you watching? No, I've never That's heard how of that. How we got to start? I've never heard of that. I yeah. I'm not. I guess I'm not as big a Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel fan as you are. I really like Jimmy Kimmel. He's awesome. Thoughts on Jimmy Fallon? I'm okay with him. He's not my favorite Jimmy. He used to he like owned YouTube for a bit, you know. He was the man on there. Yeah, and then it got old. Yeah, he's just a he needs a good bit. I think talk shows are just dying, which sucks because I really like talk shows. What they need to do something about that? Well, people just prefer this format now. Mm. What us talking? Yeah, are we part of the problem? Because you watch a talk show and it's like a celebrity for two bits that they've rehearsed and they know what they're saying. We had a bit that we were going to do and we just didn't dun, do it. Dun, dun, it's dun, late. Dun, it's dun, too late dun. now, Mike. We can't do it. All right? The moment has passed. Stop making me okay. even more pain. Yeah. I don't know. All right? What did you watch this week? <laughs> the movies we talked about, I guess. Nothing else? I'm trying to think. No. Not really. No? What about you? I've been continuing my list of catch-up for movies because I've been in a movie mood recently. I'm probably going to slow down after Barbenheimer. I'm starting to get a little bit too... It's been I feel like I burned myself out that one week that uh, we had to postpone everything. Yeah? Watching 30,000 movies? I watched a lot. You did watch a movies. lot. This week I watched The Covenant, which is the Guy Ritchie film with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a war film. Still one of my least favorite genres ever. War movies? I really don't like war movies. What's a good one, though, in your opinion? Saving Private Ryan's a great movie. Not a fan? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Saving Private Ryan? No. (laughs) What? No. You haven't seen Tom Hanks and Vin Diesel save Matt Damon? Vin Diesel? Yeah. He's in that movie? Yeah. Are you lying to me? Google it. You're definitely lying to me. Vin Diesel's How not. I've never seen Saving Private Ryan. He is in the movie. Yeah. Dude, it's an all star cast, man. Why is he in the. Ted Danson? Paul Giamatti. Oh, my God. You got to watch that movie, man. It's a great movie. I know how it ends. What? They save Private Ryan? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The Covenant's. It's, it's not f- like a twisty ending that ruins the movie uh, for you. The Covenant's all right. It's like a three star movie. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal's good. I liked the two leads. That's fine. Well, I don't remember anything from it. I'm sorry. No, no, no. What's a good war movie then, in your opinion? I don't think I like like. There's any. been any. Honestly, I don't think so. Wow. That I've seen. Fury, the tank one. <sighs> Jojo Rabbit. It's not a war movie. It's, a it's movie an anti-war. It's an anti-war during war a war. Movie. Schindler's List is good. Okay. Tropic Thunder. That's a good one. And Glorious Bastards. Ensemble D's is really good. It's the Denis Villeneuve movie. D's what? Ensemble D's. I'm confused, man. Like, these are war movies. Dunkirk, Hacksaw Ridge. Okay, so I like some hey, war movies, well, okay, all right? Whoa. It's my least favorite genre, though. Okay. That's, like, that's a fine take, is it not? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not crazy on war movies. I don't particularly enjoy them. Yeah. I don't go out because I want to see a war movie. 
I would actually say, yeah, I agree. I 1917 was fine. Don't necessarily like war movies that much, but there's some good war movies. Yeah. If it, if a war movie hits, it's a really good movie. The Five Bloods was good. The Five Bloods. It's a good movie. I also saw Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Let's go. How was it? Boring. <laughs> really boring. <laughs> so boring. There's no life in that movie. I feel like it would, might be like a three star movie if I saw it in theaters. Just meh. It's the same movie you've seen from Transformers. Human, robot. There's a device that they need to protect. It's not Michael Bay. No. There's no like wicked 360 shot. No, there's not. It is Stephen Cable Jr. Crazy. who did uh, Creed 2. Yeah. He was really excited about this. It was fine. Just nothing was memorable. The one thing I actually did think was really good was Pete Davidson as Mirage. Okay. He was good. He was fun. He seemed like the only person that was having fun in this movie, which is really strange because you think once Michael Bay's gone that like they could start having more fun. I did like the two actors, Anthony Ramos and Dominique Ishback. I thought they were really good. But that's, it's just I'm so over Transformers. I don't care anymore. Uh, but you watched this movie. I know. I hate being a completionist. <laughs> Though I haven't You're going to stick out this franchise? <laughs> Do you want to know how it ends? Sure. Spoilers. There's a lot of spoilers. Okay. This is the spoiler episode for <laughs> Insidious the Red Thor and Transformers. So after the movie and Mission Impossible, all right? Yeah, but again, if you watch the trailer, you know what's <laughs> going to happen in that movie. At the end of the movie, Anthony Ramos goes to with some surgeons after applying for a oh, job. I forgot Anthony Ramos is in this movie. Yeah, I said it. I yeah, just said you that. did. You did. You just blanked out when I said Anthony Ramos. No, I was yes. thinking the last other guy's last name was Fishback. Dominique Fishback. Okay. She was in. Uh, she got nominated for. Oh, oh I forgot well, to mention that in the lady. Emmys. Okay. She was in Swarm that came out this year, which is made by Donald Glover. And the show's really weird, but that that is a good satirical look at Hollywood and. The industry and okay. fandom. Okay. The idol. That one is better. Okay. Stop, man. Sorry. We're done with sorry. That. Don't have to bring I, that I up. I do have to bring it up. I'm sorry. We almost went an entire episode without mentioning it. Um. So he's at a meeting with this person. They're just like, we know everything about you, and we want to bring you onto our company with your big robot friends. Also, the movie is just Optimus Prime saying Optimus Prime things. I am Optimus Prime. It's the same. Is that a good Optimus Prime? I am Optimus Prime. Oh, God. Why is he Sean Connery? Is that your Optimus Optimus? Um, And then he goes, opens this fancy door, gives him a card, and he's just like, you think about it. You'd be a really good addition. He turns over the card. Guess what the card says? Wait. Okay. Hold on. I gotta think toys, right? It's gotta G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Let's go. They are doing a Mattel cinematic universe I with like Transformers it. and G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe's were fun. I like those. With Transformers? Why not? Why? Barbie's gonna be a part of that. Oh God. <laughs> Not everything needs a cinematic universe. The G.I. Joe's were fun. Transformers can stand on its own. Transformers <laughs> were fun. Why not? Not everything does need a cinematic universe. But but this one does? Why not? God, could you imagine if Barbie, when she... Because you know how they go to the real world in Barbie, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, imagine she just goes and just sees Optimus Prime just walking around. <laughs> That's how they connect all the movies together. Get Greta Gerwig to do the next Transformers movie. 
I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, the movie was very mid. Anthony Ramos had an Iron Man costume in it. It was pretty weird. What? Yeah, Mirage gave him like part of his car. Oh, so he like and it kind of like transformed onto him, and he was like, "Whoa, I am a robot," but he wasn't a robot; he's still human. And he was like, "Bang, bang!" It was really weird. <laughs> Is this real? Yeah, you wanted to watch this movie. I want to throw that out there. I liked the Transformers. They're fun. They're not fun. They're not good movies. They're, the last thing I would describe these movies as is fun. Yeah, they, they lost all their life. Yeah, if you would try to sit through Age of Extinction, you're not having fun. <laughs> you're wanting to literally claw your eyes out. Is that the one with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Also, for a movie called Rise of Beasts. No beasts? The trailers made it seem like it was going to be yeah, the beasts I it was against, all about the beasts. against the Autobots. Yeah. No. They're on the same team. What? And the beasts are in the movie for maybe the, like the no, latter. No, no, no. 70 minutes into the movie is when they show up. No. What? How and long's the movie? An hour or and no. 50 minutes. What? Yeah, it's really weird. And they have like maybe 10 lines of dialogue. Nothing. Nothing with the beasts. What? The soldier at the end had more dialogue than the beasts in general. That's not appropriate. Yeah. And it was like the Autobots versus like not the Decepticons, but it was like a different type of Decepticons. I don't like it. Yeah, it was really disappointing. Not that I had any excitement, but it was just I was bored the entire time watching it. And there's a lot of cringy dialogue because that's what Transformers movies were. So that was a two and a half for me. That was a do not watch. That's what I watched this week. Damn. As for stuff coming out this weekend, Bird Box is back. On Netflix, Bird Box Barcelona. It's called Bird Box Barcelona? (laughs) Yeah. If you liked Bird Box before, get ready to have- Did anybody like Bird Box? I think they liked it because it was just like- On Netflix. Yeah, and it became a meme. If you liked Bird Box before, get ready to like it this time. That movie is so bad. In Barcelona. Bird Box Barcelona. Uh, Black Ice as well, documentary that came out about hockey. Learned about that in our program. We did. Yeah, that, that, that is, is the uh, the the copycat version of the original. Yes. So that one has come out. Theater Camp is starting to get its limited release. It was a movie out of Sundance. I got really good reviews. Yeah, it looks it looks good. It looks Molly, very realistic. With Molly Gordon from Be- the Bear, that comes into wide release next week. So wicked. I'll look, go see that. Look for your limited theaters this week. Go support your indies. Go watch that movie before it hits all the monopolies. And that's everything that comes out this week. For TV, okay. not much. Foundation Season 2 comes out. It's the Apple show. First season didn't get good reviews. This one's getting really good reviews. So oh, okay. following a very similar pattern where you learn from your mistakes and you make a better season. has a really good budget, too. So mm-hmm. looks like a good time. Probably not going to watch it, but as well, The Summer I Turned Pretty Season 2, that came out. Too hot to handle. I'm, I it's love back. reality TV. I know you I've do. never been into the Netflix ones. No. They're just they're just done so much better on the actual like reality networks that like Netflix is just really trying to capitalize on it. Yeah. And it's it's working cuz people like them, but they cast it so poorly. People talk about the circle all the time. Yeah. Just the circle know. fell off, bro. The first season was fun and then like I don't really care about that show anymore. Yeah. Uh, I find with like just sorry to go on my reality chant <laughs> rant on this podcast. Uh, they just cast it wrong. You have to cast cuckoo people, like crazy people. Here they're trying to cast people who want to be celebrities. Nah, it's boring. The whole point is you want to watch stupid people. Yeah. 
I want to see dummies. Mm. Sorry, but true. <laughs> Why don't you sign up for one of them? I'd love to. <laughs> You'd be the perfect. I would love to be on a reality <laughs> TV show. Uh, and one last one to bring to attention is Barbie Dreamhouse Challenge. What? Wait, let me guess what this is. It's on HGTV. I was about to say, this has to be like a, you build a drum. Okay, okay. I just that's thought that I would figured. be a fun thing to mention with Barbie right around yeah. the corner. That I kind of figured that, that that's might would actually happen. That about wraps it up for everything this week. Yeah. For cinema. So let's talk Jonah Hill. <laughs> and that's going to conclude. There's a reason we didn't mention Jonah Hill. <laughs> We're not talking about Jonah Hill right now. So, God damn. <laughs> that's about it, eh? Yeah, I think so. You think that's a good spot to stop? Yeah, I mean, hey, you well, guys got a double feature this episode. <laughs> talked a little unions. Talked a little uh, what's coming out. Some Emmys. Talked about it once again. Another bad theater experience for me. There you go. What's your best one? Um, Endgame. What? Everyone just stood up and cheered and clapped. D- yeah, the entire <laughs> forty minutes. <laughs> It was a once in a lifetime like feeling, that movie. Whether you like Marvel or not, everyone was talking about that movie. And the yes. theater was really cool. So that one was probably my favorite. What about you? Uh have you ever seen The Fifth Wave? Why that movie? Um Do you know what do you know what it's that the movie? The Chloe is? Grace Moretz movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was like a packed theater and like I think like fifteen minutes into the movie, it like clicked with every single person in that theater that it was a horrible movie and it, everyone just started laughing at like every game. Like I've never seen so many people laughing in a theater. It, it was one of the fun, most fun times. So I've it's had. probably like what every theater did with the happening when the happening came out. Like, honestly, like it felt like a surreal moment. Like it was like this grind. You could hear it in like everyone's head, just like click of like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. It was one of the funniest times I've ever had. I have not watched that movie and I will never watch that movie. Well, I, wouldn't recommend it unless you're in those circumstances, I guess. Fair enough. Uh, I don't even know why I saw that movie in theaters. I, why, you w- just watch random things all the time. That seems like a movie you would just throw on on Netflix and just like yeah. not pay attention to. It does seem like that And movie. you saw it in theaters. I wish they made a second one, man. It was building well, up for what, a franchise. What would they call know? that, the sixth wave? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. All right. Let's and wrap this up. that's going to conclude our action pack. And thought-provoking episode of Cinemates. We hope you enjoyed our discussions on Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, the longest title in the history of movies, and Insidious, The Red Door, as well as our insights. Or not really insights. We just talked about SAG-AFTRA. Uh, and the Emmy nominations. Uh, but this doesn't end here, listeners. Join us for future episode of Cinemates as we continue to explore film and television so don't forget to subscribe rate and please for the love of god follow our twitter we got more followers we, now we did yeah, a little Thank bit you. more we did we did but until next time i'm um, mike jose collins follow me on twitter at that net that name too and <laughs> i'm jake schultz you can find me on twitter at jake underscore s-c-h-u-l-z-6 on twitter and follow the twitter you should probably say that what the twitter would be cinemates pod cinemates pod cinemates pod yes and you can follow me on letterbox too at gax oh yes we didn't plug our letterbox last night. Everything's Piccolo, in the description Piccolo, below. Yes. And we've been recording all of these. Yes. One day you'll see them plus. all up online. We, this we one has plus. also been recorded, so don't worry about that. All right. Until next time, keep watching, keep exploring, and may the magic of cinema and television continue to inspire you. This is Cinemates. Goodbye, angels.